Cornerstone Church. Uh, you'll notice that I'm not Dan. Uh, I'm Nathan. I'm the youth pastor here. If you're just joining us for the first time, and so we we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, starting at verse five, I'm just going to read it to you. What we've been going through. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father, who, are, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others for their transgression, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So we're, we're going to be focusing focusing today on, on verse 12, 14, and 15, which says, And forgive us our debts, as also we have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. So today we're going to have a heart to heart. Our Father forgives us as we forgive others. And so this word debt, like we, we owe a great debt. Every time we sin, we, we owe Jesus a debt. And if, if you've been a Christian for a while, you know that, that our debt was paid on the cross with Jesus. And that's what we celebrate at Easter. And forgiveness is like a way of accepting that payment, accepting that Christ paid our debt. But this portion of prayer, it's, it's conditional. It says that the, forgot, the Father forgives us as we forgive others. So there, there's a promise that I'm forgiven, but I need to forgive others. So when I seek forgiveness from God, I'm essentially saying, I'm sorry I did that thing. Thank you, Jesus, for your work on the cross. And when I forgive others, I'm accepting that Christ paid their debt too, not just mine. So to not forgive others is saying that what they did to me isn't covered by the cross. So when God says, you know, they, they lied to you and I know that that hurt, but if if you think that their lying isn't worth forgiving, then why do you think that your lying is worth forgiving? And so I know what you're thinking because I thought this too. So if I'm not forgiven for that little white lie that I told my kids that they would leave me alone, um, does that mean that I'm not forgiven for, for that thing that's really hard for me to, to deal with, that horrendous thing that that person did to me? And, and I don't think that's what God is saying here. I think that that's like comparing apples and oranges. And, and God has grace for those situations where sometimes it takes longer to deal with sin or, or you just you need time to, to grapple with it and to wrestle with it and to let Christ in and do, do only the work that he can do. And so 
God is gracious. God knows your heart. And your heart might be saying, I want to forgive, but I can't yet. I'm not ready. And I believe that God can work with that attitude. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what was done doesn't hurt or that it wasn't wrong. Um, but it means that, that I want freedom from that thing. It's not forgive and forget, but forgive and, and move on. So uh, the idea of uh, walking with someone through forgiveness. So it's been a while since I've done the individual counseling, but uh, when I did it more often, um, I always thought of it in sort of three stages for forgiveness. Number one would be um, sort of processing the emotions of whatever offense we're talking about. Uh, obviously there's many different types of offenses, different phases of life where that could have occurred. This could be something in the deep history for the person or it could be something fairly recent. Um, but I think it's important in that first stage to talk about the emotions. Uh, uh, it's kind of uh, an element of trying to convince someone that forgiveness is important for them. Uh, people that get wrapped up in the emotions of an offense that's occurred to them, it can really anchor them to that situation. So they can start to really feel that obsessed by it, um, and negative emotions then become just a regular part of their life and they sometimes don't see that. So I think you can spend a lot of time in that first stage just processing the emotion, just going through it, talking about it, letting it out, and uh, trying to get to the next stage, which would be to try and start to empathize with the person that's offended them. Um, I think in that state we're trying to sort of help the person see the offender as another human being. Um, I think a lot of uh, biblical teachings, well, uh, Dan actually told me that his brother has a tattoo on his shoulder that says, uh, love all but worship one. And I think that for myself and when I conceptualize how to help someone forgive, I think of that, that we're all on the same plane and there is one above. So I think when we are talking about being offended against, when we're talking about being harassed or something that we hold a grudge for, we feel like someone else has disrespected us, someone else has exerted power over us. But it's, uh, it's likely not that case. It's likely a case where we're all the same and someone's made a mistake, whether that's a mistake out of ignorance or stupidity, or whether that's a mistake out of aggression uh, but it's important to try and see that offender as another human being so if we can develop some empathy maybe even start to think about how we ourselves uh, have offended and in some cases then we can hopefully move on to that stage where we're actually trying to let go of that uh, of that offense and forgive that person and in that third stage of actually moving towards forgiveness, I really try to create hope for the person, try and help them see what positivity can come out of that, that situation if we release. Um, I can think of numerous examples of um, you know, huge events that have occurred where um, people have 
know, been harmed and lots of media coverage about it and the very often the um, the story becomes about that offense but if forgiveness is a part of that offense then the story becomes about forgiveness then the story becomes one I think that God would be more pleased with where there's release and there's a possibility of reconciliation but even without reconciliation even without perhaps the offender being able to um, to receive forgiveness or even to, to mark the offense I think it's still important for the person to forgive again just to be able to move to a place uh, beyond negative emotions and to a place where, where freedom exists uh, the first time I talked about this I think I mentioned the verse where uh, God says that vengeance is mine and I spoke about myself and I think when I'm in a in my lower than average place I think of that verse as God taking away my power taking away my ability to, to hold a grudge and to hold people accountable but I think that when I'm above my middle and above my average um, I realize that, that that verse is about freedom and that verse is about God uh, God doing work that I can't do and releasing me from the responsibility and there's freedom and there's hope I've heard it said that when you hold on to unforgiveness, you're the one being hurt. It weighs on your soul. Uh, right before before we get to this section, we prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I believe that it's God's will that I'm forgiven and that I forgive. That I can't just pray that pray the first part that God would forgive me and skip the second part that he would forgive others. In Matthew 18, uh, starting at verse 21, Jesus tells this story of, of a king and this slave comes and well, the king's collecting his debts and he, and he calls in this slave and this debt owes him, this, or this the slave owes him this great debt. And, and the king says, I want you to pay this. And we'll say it's, it's $50,000, it's a lot. And, and the slave says, I can't, I can't, please forgive me. Give me more time. I'll, I'll pay it in a few days. Just give me more time. And, and the king's merciful and he says, you know what, don't worry about it. I know that you're a good slave and you're hardworking. Don't worry about it. And he lets him go. And then this slave goes and he finds this other slave and he says, you owe me 50 bucks. And then he starts to beat him and, and demand this money. And then the, the other slaves, they, they see what's going on and they go and they tell the king. And then the king finds that first slave and says, I forgave you this, this $50,000 and you're gonna go after this other guy for 50 bucks? And then so he, he throws that first slave in prison until he pays his debt. And like, it's, it's ridiculous, right? And I think of, of Christ on the cross when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And like, it's just so humbling and, and selfless for Jesus to say that. It, if I was up on the cross, I would have been like, Father, strike them with lightning, the big bolts. But that's not what Jesus did. And I think that we're all glad that it was Jesus on that cross, not me. We're all thankful for what he did because I couldn't have done it. J Jesus was so humble and selfless in this moment, seeking to forgive the very people who were killing him in this awful way. Despite all that's going on, Jesus knew how to forgive. And he used his last moments of life to level the playing field. So when, when we pray this, you might have noticed, and, and it's on the screen here, that it says, forgive us. It's not forgive me. It's not about me. It's about us. 
It's not just, God, forgive me for this thing I did. But God, help me walk in forgiveness. Help those around me walk in forgiveness. Help those who have offended me and wronged me. Help me to forgive them. That God would bring forgiveness to everyone. Which we know that Jesus did on, on the cross. But not everybody knows that. And we need to share that with people. It's about us, not just me, not just you. So I think there are a couple unhealthy responses that, that come up when we, when we read through this. And the first is that, well, I'm forgiven by Christ's work on the cross. So what's the point in praying about this? Why, why do we repeat this prayer you know, every week or every couple weeks? And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So again, there's a condition. If we, so we know that if I confess Jesus as Lord, I'm saved. And being saved means I'm not going to hell. The next step is I need to confess my sins to God so that I'm forgiven. And we see this in the Old Testament too. In Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Your sin causes a separation between you and God, so that God cannot hear you when you pray. So if you've ever wondered why, why do my prayers not get answered? Maybe this is why. Maybe you're, you're harboring sin, you're not seeking God's forgiveness. Or maybe you're harboring unforgiveness towards someone else. So I think what often happens is we have this nice, this nice life, like this beautiful wall that I made. And, and then something, something happens. Maybe I, I, that was messy. Or, you know, some big screw up, or maybe somebody else hurts me. Not, not as big of a deal, but the simple thing would be, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just going to take some paper and, and try and glue, glue something on there, wallpaper it, but that doesn't fix the problem, right? There's always going to be a hole there. And what, what really needs to happen is we need to have Jesus come in and fix it properly. And, and we need to let him... Bring, bring the tape, maybe cut off some of the scar. And, and start to patch that hole. Let him work in our lives. And if you've ever done drywalling, you know that a hole like that, you can't just patch it one time. A little scratch like this, like you can just go like that and it's, it's done, it's handled. It's not a big deal, but, but a hole like that, you're going to need a couple coats. I don't know if you can see in the video that there's still some of the tape there. It's still, it's still not pretty. It doesn't look as, as new and as clean as it was. And, and so again, you're going to want Jesus to do this, not me. But because Jesus can come and he, he'll, he'll cover it again. And he'll cover it again. And, and he'll sand the edges and he'll make it smooth. And it'll look better than it did before. But only Jesus can do that work in your life. So I think the the second stumbling block that comes up is that I'm not worthy of forgiveness. And 
Like, like my sin is too great or my sin is too frequent that I'm not worth forgiving. So imagine that you're at a fancy restaurant and you, you, you order your meal, you, you finish eating, it was delicious, you, you got exactly what you wanted, you're full, you're ready to go home, you've asked for the check. And as the waiter brings you your check, they say, well, here, here's this dessert. Um, some, someone paid for dessert for everybody in the restaurant, so this, this dessert is on them. It's free, you don't have to pay for it. That's, that's a sweet deal, this is my favorite dessert. I'm gonna gobble that up, I don't care if I'm full. It's always room for dessert, right? And, and I think that forgiveness is kind of like that. It's like, like we, we need to wrestle with this idea that I'm forgive, forgiven regardless of how I feel, whether I feel worthy or not, that Christ paid for that on the cross. It, it's been paid, the blood has been shed, so I might as well accept it. And, and if I'm forgiven, if my forgiveness is paid for, who am I to, to withhold forgiveness from every, anybody else? You ever have one of those moments, and maybe you just had one of those moments when I said that, where it's kind of like, ouch, God, that hurt. So I had a moment like that um, just this past week while I was working on this message uh, one morning, and, and one of my kids had done something to upset me and uh, well, the day before, and, and they, like, I, I've told them a hundred times, don't do this thing, don't do this thing, don't do this thing, and then they do it, of course, because they're small children. And... And then as I'm writing this, then God whispers to my heart and he says, my mercy is new every morning. Why is it yours? And I was like, ah, oh, God, ow. And, and I, had, I had to think about that. Like, who am I to hold a grudge when, when I'm, I'm a broken human too? I screw up too. God's told me a hundred times to stop doing the same things. And, and I keep doing them. So who, who am I? Why are my mercies not new every morning? Why am I not as forgiving as God is to me? So what, whether it's like, like have I not done things that are worse than my kids jumping on the couch or flicking the light switch a thousand times? Have I not done things worse than that? You know, imagine someone is going around and they're killing Christians just for being Christians. Imagine they, they come and they kill your whole family just for associating with you. Is that person worthy of God's forgiveness? Well, this is exactly what Paul did. And, and God thought Paul was worthy. God went out and he met Paul on the road and he changed his life. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. And then in Romans 8 verse 1, Paul writes, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like, Paul, Paul says he's the chief of sinners. He's got this, this dark past. And despite everything that he's done, he knows that he's forgiven by God. He knows that God thinks he's worthy. In, in that video earlier, uh, Randy mentioned that this, there's this step in the process about freedom. And Paul understood that freedom. There's freedom in saying, God, I know I screwed up and I'm sorry. Thank you for forgiving me. And there's freedom in, in handing situations where somebody else has hurt you over to God. So that in his perfect judgment and wisdom, 
he can handle the situation, that it's no longer my problem. Letting God be in control of your life instead of someone else. And you know what I truly want in this scenario? Not that God would punish people for hurting me, but that he would do a work in their lives and they would come to me sometime in the future and say, you know what, Nathan, I'm really sorry for that time that I did this thing to you. And I know that that hurt you. And I'll be able to respond and I'll say, you know what, it's okay. God and I have already dealt with that. And I'm glad that now you and God are dealing with that. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's what I want. And I, I woke up the other night and I, I felt like this, this heavy oppression on me. Um, like, like I had let something, something into our home through my attitude. Uh, and so I don't know if you knew that your sin can let evil spirits into your home, but that's a different message. But it, I, I would love to talk to you about that uh, if you're concerned about those things. And, and so in, in this moment, God started speaking to me about my role as a father. And he said that it's my job to speak life into my kids. And when I get angry and I yell at them, that I'm doing the opposite. And, and the moment I repented, the moment I said, God, like, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Then, then I just, I felt that freedom. I, I just felt, you know, like, well, and, and it's the middle of the night, I felt free that I could go back to sleep. And because, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you just kind of try and roll over and go back to sleep. And I couldn't until I had this moment with God. And it, it might be easier that, that I could just parent the way I want, but I've learned that God's way is better. And I know that like 24 hours doesn't even go by before I probably yell at my kids again. And, and I'm German, I'm loud, and I'm passionate. And maybe it's a pastor thing that we just, we get loud when we're going to get a point across. But I, have to, I had to deal with that with God in that moment. And, and I know I'm going to have to keep dealing with, with God until I get it right. I'm going to have to keep seeking that forgiveness. And sometimes that's just how it goes. And, and there's nothing wrong with being loud. Like anger in itself isn't sin, but when, when the anger, when my actions instill fear in my kids instead of life, that's when it becomes a sin. That's when it's an issue that I need to seek forgiveness. So I, I remember this time when when Hannah was a baby, and she she grabbed this piece of broccoli and she threw it across the room. I'm like this is the best throw that she had in her life. I'm sure there was a smirk on my face as a father. I'm really proud of my child for her throwing abilities. But at the same time, as a father, I don't want my child to throw anything, especially food. So I'm sure in this moment, because I, I know this scenario has happened, where, where I'm not really upset about what happened, but I yell to get my point across, and then all of a sudden I'm angry about what happened. And, and that's where the sin comes in. That's how Satan sneaks into those situations. So I need to wrestle through this with God continually and seek his and my children's forgiveness until I get it right. So your kingdom come, your will be done. It's God's will that I understand his forgiveness for me and show that same forgiveness to others. So I want to spend some time in prayer as we close just to show you how, how I would pray through this. So the first prayer I want to pray is how I seek forgiveness from God. Then we'll pray how I seek to forgive someone else. So I'll try to keep it vague and, and give you time to just kind of reflect and maybe fill in your own thing in those, in those spots. So I would start something like this and pray along with me. 
God, you're so good. You're so good to us. And thank you for being gracious and merciful and meeting me where I'm at. I'm sorry for screwing up. I'm sorry that I don't always treat you like the creator of the universe that you are. I'm sorry I don't always take your cross as serious as it is. I'm sorry I hold grudges. And please forgive me for these things. God, is there anything else that you want to deal with right now? So God, thank you for other people. As annoying as they might be sometimes, thank you that I don't have to go through life alone. And just help me to focus on the good moments. Help us to to let go and to move on. Help us to be forgiving. Help us to be understanding. Help us to remember that you didn't just go up on the cross for my sins, but also for the times when people have sinned against me, when somebody has hurt me. And thank you for handling it all. Is there anyone specific that I need to be forgiving or or to seek forgiveness in that situation? So, so in a moment, we're going to go into communion. And I think that, that this is something that really you need to deal with before, before coming to the table. So if you need an extra moment to, to reflect, please take that now while I pray. God, thank you for this time and this message. Uh, please be with us over the coming days and weeks as we, as we wrestle with this. Please, please keep reminding us of, of situations where we need to seek your forgiveness or, or the forgiveness of someone else and, and to just be forgiving people and to be continually coming to you and, and seeking your forgiveness and, and working through forgiving others. 